What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 20 of the reunion of Final Fantasy VII Remake Podcast. I am your host, Kai, and joining me once again today is my extraordinary, my incredible co-host, Viz. How are you doing, Viz? I'm doing pretty good. Almost too much flattery from you there. <laughs> <laughs> never. No, it's, it's... It's never enough flattery for yeah. the incomparable viz for the awesome incomparable whatever viz yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> whiz viz now it's it's generally fine trucking along and still healthy mm-hmm. and still doing stuff for cco and nothing too much of a change i guess just doing stuff the final fantasy 7 uh, final fantasy 16 analysis is still going on right and the third part of our Aerith Secrets analysis is also being edited right now, ho- hopefully online in around a week, but we'll see about that. Mm-hmm. How is your life going? Pretty good. Just super busy and yeah, you know, work. It's just yeah. life in general, you know, keeping me busy and I'm just trucking along like you. And I'm just really glad that we could, you know, sit down today to talk about all of these amazing things about the PS5 launch, and we've got a lot more in store that we're going to be talking about today. Um, but I just want to take a second to uh, just let everybody know that we actually celebrated our one-year anniversary this month a few weeks ago, um, and we just wanted to take a second to say thank you to everybody for listening. If you're a long-time listener or you know you just recently discovered our podcast, we just wanted to shout out to all of you for your constant support over the past year. And uh, it's been so incredible being a part of this amazing Final Fantasy community. And uh, yeah, we've met some incredible people along the way and, you know, just meeting new people every day actually in our Discord server for the podcast has been awesome. And we just wanted to say uh, thank you so much to all of you. Thank you so much. All right, guys. So the best way to support us is to like, sub and share the podcast. It's free and it's the absolute best way to support us here. Like I just said, we are going to be talking about the PS5 launch, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake at the Game Awards and all the Game Awards nominations that the game has received. And also there's a rumor about a Tifa DLC and also a rumor about a definitive edition for PS5. All right, so the first thing we're talking about is the PS5 launch. So the PS5 has, has launched and apparently it was the biggest launch in PlayStation history. Sony pre-sold as many uh, PS5s in the first 12 hours of pre-orders in the United States as were sold in the first 12 weeks of pre-orders for the PlayStation 4, and that is from IGN. So uh, what I wrote here is one can infer that the number must be quite high. The exact PS4 pre-order numbers aren't known, but it said in the article that we know it surpassed 1 million pre-orders worldwide by July 2013 which is four months before the console's launch, and over 1 million PS4s were sold within the console's first 24 hours after launch. If the PS5's pre-orders numbers in the first 12 hours match the first 12 weeks of the PS4 pre-orders, then we wouldn't be surprised if the PS4 pre-order number is nearing past 1 million in the US. So this person that wrote this article has said that it may end up it may end up that not everybody who wants to purchase a PS5 on launch day will be able to actually find one. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. I haven't been able to find one yet. I've just been looking online, um, you know, constantly refreshing pages. I've been going to like a website where, where it like tracks PS5 uh, stock at Best Buy and Walmart and a bunch of other places. I have not been able to find one yet. And also I wasn't able to snag a pre-order 
uh, when the pre-orders went live a few weeks ago. So I am without a PS5 right now. Um, what about you, Viz? Are you getting a PS5 or? Um, I think this is the first time I'm not uh, running and screeching for a new console because I'm pretty content mm-hmm. with the games I have right now. And since it's so hard to get one, I just, I just won't bother, bother for a while. And yeah. I think I'll wait until one of the, the more anticipated games come out, like Horizon uh, Forbidden West or God of War Ragnarok right. or Final Fantasy sixteen or what have you. Or maybe even the yeah. Definitive Edition, if it is a thing for Final Fantasy VII Remake. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But for now, I'll just wait um, until all this... Uh, this, this delivery bottleneck passes and hopefully get one sometime next year yeah so for me what i wanted to do was i plan on selling my ps4 pro and then using that money to help pay for the ps5 and since it has backwards compatibility i didn't even need to buy like any launch games for ps5 right now because i was just hoping that i could finish the games that i have on me in my ps4 backlog so then at least i I still have something that i can play you know what i Mm -hmm. mean so the ps5 like works with PS4 games. So I was just like, hmm, well, it's kind of a no brainer. I'm just going to sell my PS4 Pro, use that money, pay for my PS5. I don't need to spend money in any software. And then when the games come out that I really want, um, I'll just buy those when like I have the money or when those games are out, like you said. So Final Fantasy 16. Um, I already played Spider-Man like quite recently, actually. Well, a year ago, I bought it when it was on sale, I think last Christmas. Um, and like, you know, it's quite recent that I finished it. So I just didn't really feel like I wanted to kind of, you know, pay again for the PS5 version of that game. The only game that I really want to play is the remake of Demon Souls. Mm, I see. Yeah. But yeah, so that was my thought process anyway. And uh, but I haven't been able to find one. And apparently Sony has made a quote that said they are working as hard as ever to get the PS5s on store shelves for the holiday shopping seasoned uh near the end of the year so i mean like we we just don't know when we're gonna get more and i think people were expecting to get more uh like for big you know stores to actually have more stock for black friday so black friday has come and gone there is no stock i don't think any stores actually got any stock um so we're just kind of patiently waiting now for for the stocks to get refreshed and even then, people aren't even going to be able to go into the store and actually buy it off the store shelf. I think that it's going to be online only. So you're going to have to order it online and then it gets, you're going to have to wait for it to get shipped to you. And then there are also those scalpers. Have you heard about this scalper from the UK? I yes. think you bought up 3,500 yes, units and sold them for mm-hmm. thousands a piece or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's the next thing that I have written. It says that um, there is the other issue that scalpers bought a bunch of them online and they've been reselling them for $1,500 each. Actually, I checked um, online and it looks like there's a few for sale for $1,500 on eBay. And there's another website here in Canada that I use to buy like used things. Mm. And there's some listed on there as well for for about $1,500 Canadian. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I also heard about... uh... One of those scalpers uh, being raided, like uh, it's been doxxed and robbed (laughs) because people were really, really angry, I guess. But I didn't didn't dig into the story because, yeah, (laughs) I I personally don't don't really care right now because it doesn't affect me, but I probably should have Mm -hmm. 
should have dug deeper into this story to be able to talk, to tell you guys this, but maybe just do your research and um, look the story up yourself to see what's actually about, because headlines can yeah. be misleading. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The whole thing, I think, like, it could have been handled better. Oh, for sure. I think that because of COVID-19, um, they had limited staff and, you know, like, they just, it trickled down to the point where they didn't have as many consoles as they knew that they needed. Um, and I think also there's um, the chip, like the GPU chip, it's been used, it's also being used, sorry, in the new Xbox console. And I think there's like, a, there's some kind of an issue with supply with the chip. That's what I read online somewhere as well. Um, so I think it's kind of just a bunch of factors all mixed in together that kind of created this situation. And I think that the pre-order situation was also really sketchy because apparently people had gotten emails, like long-time PlayStation Plus subscribers had gotten direct emails, I think, from Sony, or it was like um, on their website, you had to sign up and then Sony would send you an email if you were chosen mm. to be able to pre-order first. And then it was like, what's the criteria for that? Like, you had to have had um, PlayStation Plus for X amount of years or how much money you've spent like nobody knew the criteria and not everybody got a pre-order link and i've been i've had playstation for i don't even know like when did the playstation 3 come out playstation 2 like i've had them for guess, years something. yeah like so i didn't get a link like That's i didn't strange. get a link have i am i a playstation plus subscriber sometimes i am i I'm, i don't subscribe when i'm not playing games on it mm. i don't just leave it like i don't pay when i don't use the console and i haven't played it in a while since i played remake basically maybe that's why i don't know yeah but like that whole the whole situation is like how do you choose who gets a console before somebody else like it's just kind of like favoritism and then yeah. also that already made people mad right like that people were upset um and then when they the pre-orders went live the websites crashed people said they had confirmed like getting a pre-order and then they later got an email saying, oh, sorry, it was a mistake. Um, they sold out before, but we didn't get, you didn't get an error message at the time. So we're sorry. And like the whole oh thing boy. was just, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, um, whole mess. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it's, it's very unfortunate because people want to buy this console. Okay. Mm -hmm. People want to buy it. Like people are ready to throw their money at it. I was listening to another podcast and they said something interesting and it's like paying your money isn't good enough. It's like, I have to spend my time and my money now. It's like, my money isn't good enough. They want my money. Yes. But it's like, I have to now spend my time trying to find a PS5 online, trying to, you know, go to a website, hit refresh, take time into my mm -hmm. day to find one. It's like my money isn't good enough anymore. And it's kind of true. It's kind of true. It's like who's going to sit down and who has time to actually really go and find one? It's all about time and investment because in, if yeah. you're more invested in a product, you're more likely to stay, uh, for, stay in that product line. And yeah, yeah it's, the more you invest in something, the less you're likely to drop it anymore. That's... It's quite common. Yeah. I just want to go to the store and get yeah, one. Sure. Even if I can't buy it off the shelf, I should be able to, like they should have inventory at the store where I can just literally click on pick up in store. And then Best Buy will email me with a time. Mm. And then I show up at that time and I pick up my PS5 and 
okay, it's not on the shelf, but it's in the back. It's not like I have to pay for it and get it shipped to me. I'm assuming that's what's going to happen when they get more stock. And I just, at this point, honestly, I don't know if there's going to be more stock for the holiday season. Probably not. I know that it's kind of being dramatic here, but honestly, I just, yeah, I don't think so. I think that there's still people that have been on a waiting list even now, like because stores have been taking a waiting list and it's like, even when they get more stock, those people are going to get them first. Mm -hmm. So you just can't walk into a store and get one. Yeah, I thought about this a uh, few days ago that uh, if this keeps on going, holiday season is kind of uh, a, a no-show no for many, many people who want the PS5, which is a bummer. Well, for me personally not, but I'm, um, really, I really feel bad for all those people who wanted to get one for the holiday season because they then have to have time to play or want to gift, gift it to someone or something like that. It's, it's really a mess. And I'm pretty sure it has a lot to do with uh, the COVID, situ COVID situation because there mm -hmm. are many people uh, were speculating if PlayStation and Xbox might, might be uh, delaying their products to next year. But uh, PlayStation right. Sony kept saying, no, no, it will be there for holiday season. Yes, yes, yes. Keep confer kept confirming. And people were, st were still kind of on the fence. And they kept their promise, but now they have their short on stock because of all this uh, del delivery shortages and delays. And it's a whole uh, complete mess, yeah. Just mm -hmm. to, to keep, keep um, schedules and deadlines and to be yeah. in, in the business for holiday season. I think this was the main reason for that. And when there's shortage, there's more demand. And as you said, then it's more investment and people want it more. It gets more popular because it's, uh, it's not available anymore. It's also a sales tactic. So maybe halfway um, a tragedy and halfway planned. I have no idea. It's, it's, it's a mess. <laughs> well, Sony did say that they sold every console that they that they made mm. like they're all sold like every single one that they made the first go through they've all been sold there's nothing left i do remember uh having or that there being shortages for i think the ps2 because in switzerland when we are uh, uh ordering it i think i wasn't able to get one at launch day but maybe two months later because they were also uh just sold out everywhere mm. Yeah. So it's, it, it was an issue before, and now it's even a bigger issue because of uh, shortages of all components, I guess, because yeah. of the, the, uh, this year's situation. Yeah. I do think it's good that they didn't have any for Black Friday. I think that that would have been terrible, especially, oh, yeah. too, when the stores are open and people are flocking to the stores. And, like, with the pandemic is still happening, people, you know? So... I totally understand. I think it's good that they didn't have any. Like indirectly, this was a good thing because there's no stock. But I still think that if they knew this was going to happen, they one could have pushed back the, the release date so that more people could have ha had access to a console um, at launch. And people still could have been safe because they, they could have just had it so it was online only like they're currently doing. Or you order it in store, there's none on the store shelves, but they have them in the back. And then you just click on, okay, you pay mm. for it on their website and then you go and you pick it up. But it, you're given a certain time to go and pick it up. Like you have to go and pick it up at this time. 
because they don't want people going into the store at the same time to reduce, you know, the social distancing and the the transmission of the, you know, of COVID mm-hmm. and everything. And I do like I, I agree with you about what you said about supply and demand. OK, there isn't enough consoles. So now it's like, oh, the demand is high. People want more. So it makes it more popular. I do agree with you about that. Um, but on the opposite side of that, what I have written here is so there is obviously more software that's made for PS5 than there are PS5 consoles right now. <laughs> so the people that are suffering are the software developers because there's more games and there are consoles. Not every single person who got a PS5 is buying every single game that has been released for that console right now. Plus the fact that it's backwards compatible. So there are people that aren't even buying software for it. Mm. They're playing their existing PS4 games on their PS5. So those games are launch games. They're new right now. Who knows how long it's going to take for all those people to get PS5s, like all of us to get them. And they're like, the demand is down now because everybody has one and they're just on the store shelf. Like who knows? But I think that that's one thing that people aren't talking about is how they're not selling as much software. I don't know if this is true. There's no study, like there's nothing online. But for me, in my mind, I'm just thinking not everybody is buying every single game for this console. So that so, so the software is sitting on the shelf waiting for people to buy it, but like nobody has a console. Like only like 2.5 million people have console or however many it was that they sold. Does that make sense? Or am I just crazy? Like, do, do you understand what I'm saying? I, I think you're onto something because <laughs> let's say the, uh, the PS5 exclusives like get uh, shipped to all the re- uh, retailers and they might not be able to sell all of them because people can't play them and thus don't yeah. buy them. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> and and like Demon Souls is not offered on PS4. Yeah, it's exactly. only PS5. I want to buy it on PS4. Like I will go buy it right now and play it on my PS4 while I'm waiting for a PS5. But it's a PS5 exclusive. You can't even buy a PS4 version of it. Mm. So mm. that developer is losing money. And when you're like Sony has come out and said this about PS4 and PS3, they were selling those consoles at a loss because they make the money back in software sales and in digital console sales because the digital console is probably overpriced or was it the other way around yes yeah something like that yeah. this is what i'm saying so there's they're not selling as much software as they could be selling mm. if everybody if they had like 100 million consoles sold right now and who knows if those games are going to be sold as much like if they had enough supply for everybody um not everybody but most you know like more supply than what they have now if that would have like actually had an impact there's no way of knowing right now but for me i'm sitting here like the developers made the games they've they've paid the money to make the game they've been copied they're on store shelves not everybody is buying those games because not everybody has a ps5 so the sales for the games are probably super low right now probably yeah i guess so i haven't looked and how are they making money if nobody's buying the software exactly (laughs) But it's not our fault that nope. we're not that we that they're that they're not being sold. It's because nobody has barely anybody has one. Like, what's the total population in the world? I don't even know. Like a hundred billion, seven some three hundred billion around around <laughs> seven billion, I guess. I think it it yeah, was okay, it was so six, a lot more than what I- <laughs> it was six something like a few years ago. So I guess around seven billion it is. 
Okay, so, okay, how many did they sell? Like, how many did they make? Like, 2.5 million consoles? That is not very much of the population. No, really. Although, um, <laughs> right now, the PS4 has been sold almost 120 units. Yeah. I think. Exactly. Around. PS2 was at 150, I think, if I remember correctly. So, it's PS2 is still the mm -hmm. highest within the PlayStation family. Yeah. Um, but think about all those people like this was another issue that somebody brought up as well. I forgot. I think it was on another video game podcast that I listened to, but they were saying that like they aren't going to be able to have that kind of an adoption rate for the console for the PS5 because people have like 120 mm -hmm. million people have PS4s. But if you only have PS5 exclusives, like they're not selling those to PS4 console mm -hmm. owners. That's 120 million less consoles yeah. of PS4 that they could actually sell the software to if there was a PS4 version of the game. There isn't an upgraded uh, Spider-Man for PS4. There isn't Demon Souls for PS4. Like some of those games are getting PS4 versions like um, Cyberpunk, which got pushed back mm -hmm. a bunch because the old platform, like the old generation consoles are having issues mm -hmm. with it. So they keep pushing it back. And we know this and all this stuff has been happening, but people are still going to buy those games, right? So that's 120 million people that have PS4s that are probably, not everybody wants to buy Cyberpunk, but a lot of those people do want to buy Cyberpunk, including the PS5. But the sales for Cyberpunk are going to come from the people who already have the PS4. Most likely, Because yeah. that's not very many consoles for PS5. They're not making as much money as what they're going to make selling it on PC and selling it on PS4 and Xbox and, or Xbox One instead of the uh, Xbox Series X or whatever. What I'm also interested in, how many people do uh, buy PS5 or uh, cross-generation games now for the PS4 and then not for PS5, or will rebuy the PS5 yes. version. This is something I that's true. That's so true. That's another thing as well, actually. But I think Cyberpunk, they did come out and say um, that their uh, CD Projekt Red actually said that they weren't going to charge for a PS5 version. If you buy the PS4 version, oh, I see. Cross you buy, automatically yeah. get an upgrade to the PS5. But that's not every developer. That's just CD Projekt yeah. Red. So like you don't have to buy a PS5 version. But they're losing money. Because if they're offering a free upgrade they do, to yeah. PS5 from PS4, then that's a loss. They're taking a loss from PS5 because you could have bought that version for PS5. Mm -hmm. Right? But not everybody, every developer is doing that. Other developers are, like you said, are releasing PS5 version, PS4 version, across every platform and to make as much money as possible right but especially that's another thing spider-man debacle is also a bit weird because if i remember correctly you can only get this the ps5 version of spider-man if you buy it with miles morales i think yes this is also a weird true. weird model <laughs> yeah it's true yeah. yeah and and they didn't offer a free upgrade to the ps5 yeah. if you own the ps4 version so you have to rebuy so you have to buy Miles Morales, mm. which is PS5 exclusive, but then you get the upgraded version of Spider-Man for PS5. But you, you can't get that 
if you bought the PS4 version. It's all about maximizing profit, <sighs> always. It's crazy, yeah. honestly. It's it's it insane, and I just want everybody to be able to get um, a console as soon as possible. But mm. who knows how long it'll take? Who knows? Anyway, so that brings us to our next topic. We are talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake enhancements or a patch for PS5. When the PS5 came out, I was hoping, like I was on Twitter and I was on YouTube and Twitch just expecting people to get home, like open their PS5, <laughs> uh, put in the um, remake you know, disc or open it up digitally, whatever. And then I was expecting there to be some kind of an enhancement. Um, it appears that there actually isn't any enhancement for the remake on ps5 as of yet um it seems that it loads faster and uh that the frame rate is locked to 30 fps which we already knew from the ps4 pro version of the game it actually has a steady frame mm -hmm. rate because there was i think it was that digital foundry video where it was like a com um they compared the versions across all the versions of the remake and it was literally steady 30 fps yeah, so perfectly the only thing that we're getting yeah, the only thing that we're getting is uh, faster load times because it has an SSD, right? Yep. And that's what we what we know about the PS5 is that it's that incredible SSD that it comes with that's proprietary to Sony. So obviously it's going to load faster. The texture issues have not been fixed. I was hoping that somehow they would be fixed, but obviously it's like it's a bug. It's a software problem. Yeah, it's a software issue, right? So until it gets patched out, there's not going to be any any enhancement um, because you're playing it on PS5. Yeah. And obviously, it's not a PS5 version of the game. It's a PS4 version that exactly. you're playing at the highest fidelity, basically. So it's basically like you're playing the PS4 Pro version in backwards compatibility or whatever mm. emulation or whatever the software that they've made to make it work on PS5. So, But, but it's interesting because there are other games, like other developers that did have patches that do take what is the word that I'm looking for like advantage yeah take advantage <laughs> of the power of the PS5 right so we did get a patch for remake a while ago um the only thing that i could find online was there was like a translation issue and it patched out something i don't know if it was like a va issue or something but it doesn't appear that it's it was a patch that did anything that helped you know upgrade the visuals of the games no, I think they also fixed a few bugs. Maybe the one uh, in, in the vent in the Shinra HQ. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure if it has been confirmed by people who tried it, but I think it has mm -hmm. been fixed. Yeah. Some other things. I think a few, a few glitches that have been used for speedrunning might have been patched out as well, but I'm not up to speed about this one because it was too, yeah. too trivial of a patch for me to actually care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I just quickly looked online and I read, I was trying to find information about it. And then uh, all I could find was, I think that the patch notes had just said that it just like improves the performance. Like it didn't have anything mm. specific about what it changed. So then I did some digging and I just found that it said bug fixes and something else about yeah some translation or voice issue or something like that mm. that they patched out. But I'm not surprised. Honestly, I'm not surprised. Like the game came out with the texture issues, it hasn't been patched. It, it's only been patched once, and that's the patch. And, you know, that's their choice. And obviously, they probably, like, with COVID and everything, we've already talked about this on previous episodes. Yep. Um, so who knows? Anyway, all we know is that it doesn't change anything. Um, I know that I, I was watching um, 
a Thai kimochi um, play it. And she had said that she was like, it looks like the hair has been improved. And I'm just sitting there, but she, thinking like, no, it's just, you're, you're playing the PS4 pro version. Cause she played it on a base PS4. Mm-hmm. So she said like the aliasing on the hair looked better. And that's the way that it looked on PS4 exactly, Pro. Yeah. So somebody had highlighted that to her and she's like, oh, okay. So <laughs> there wasn't any, any, like, um, anything other than that, that, uh, anybody had said that, that I could find anyway that thought that it was upgraded or anything. Um, so going on from that, so it looks like Ghosts of Tsushima did get a 60 FPS, or Ghost of Tsushima, sorry, <laughs> did get a 60 FPS update for PS5 and has seen a performance increase. Has it been a patch or wasn't it just uh, natively compatible? I don't remember. Because some, I think some... I, I thought that I looked this up and I did see that it was patched. Oh, okay, I see, yeah. I've, I've seen I videos about link... Ghosts of Tsushima, yeah. I'm pretty sure that it was a patch. I did not look to see, like, I didn't link the article, <laughs> but um, I did do some investigating just to make sure. Oh, see, and I'm pretty sure that it said there was a patch or like you said, it was just that it was already like the frame rate was unlocked by default, mm-hmm. but it had, it would have to have a patch in order to see a performance increase to work with the PS5. So, sort like, of, because, well, uh... It, it depends because uh, for the Final Fantasy VII Remake, it was locked to 30 FPS. That's why there's yes. no performance increase. But other uh, games had unlocked frame rate. Okay. And the PS4 and PS4 Pro just didn't get much more. And here for the PS5, they can actually benefit for, from the unlocked frame rate, which uh, some, some games then show like 40, 50, or even 60 FPS. Ghost of Tsushima is completely steady locked fps so this might be the result of uh, an update could be yeah that i personally haven't played the game yet and of course not on the ps5 because they haven't don't have it yet but i don't remember the digital foundry talking about an update or the sacred symbols podcast which i usually watch uh listen to it's a playstation podcast and i don't remember them saying anything about an update maybe i just missed it ignored it i don't know <laughs> but there are, are a lot of games that really do benefit from an instant instant performance boost especially in terms of uh, fps which is pretty good uh, some games do have uh, different modes like performance and a uh, quality mode yeah. i think it's called mm-hmm. like uh, resolution or performance first and if you ch- choose performance first it just tries to get in as many FPS as possible. And on a PS5, it's right. just 60, which is really good. So I just looked it up and it says that Ghost of Tsushima will reportedly use PS5's game boost function to boost performance up to 60 frames per second oh, I see. Uh, while being played on backwards compatibility mode. So it doesn't appear... It did get a patch version update 1.1, it said. Um, it's free for all players, but it adds online cooperative multiplayer experience um, oh, right. and it unlocks something else. So there's extra um, content that was released. So that's not the patch that mm. it's just that the game is using game boost function mm. of the PS5. So that's how, but it's probably like you said, it's able to do that because it has an unlocked frame rate. Mm, exactly. Right. It's not locked to 30, which Square Enix did for the Final Fantasy seven remake. And we did talk about this on previous episodes where they probably had to they probably had quality like Q&A issues or whatever Q&A, whatever it's called, 
um, where they had issues, right? Running it at 60 mm-hmm. where it probably had screen tearing or it couldn't like run at 60 um, steadily. So they probably made the decision to just cap it at 30 mm-hmm. for the PS4 and the PS4 Pro. So it was just as, as consistent as possible. Exactly. Right? So in my opinion, I think that Square Enix should at least unlock the frame rate so that it can and, and you know it can use the game boost uh setting in ps5 and and we can play it in backwards compatibility in the whatever it's using emulation whatever um with the smooth uh, like a, a frame rate that's as smooth as possible like that's that's what i want i don't know about you i don't know how hard it is to do that it would obviously be a patch that they would have to oh, change sure, right yeah. they'd have to go in and uh, do something but at this point i just don't see them doing that no. It's it's uh, also will have to go through uh, through QA of course to make sure mm-hmm. that uh, there is no problem and it kind of can go up to sixty and not just switch between between thirty and fifty five all the time because then it gets janky and it's yeah. even w- uh, worse than steady thirty FPS. Exactly. So this mm-hmm. might take a bit and and uh, as we'll talk about later about the potential uh, definitive edition. They yeah, might. we're going to talk about that yeah. right now. Or right now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling if they go for a definitive edition or Mako edition, as some people uh, yeah. predict, um, they probably want to lay into this with all they have. Like, not, not um, release mm-hmm. patch after patch after patch, but release a yep. definitive version which has all the goodies, like better textures, texture fixes, 60 FPS, 4K native on uh, PS5, what have you. Hopefully also this Tifa chapter everyone's been talking about and keeps uh, harassing the, the FF7 remake account, which with, which with each post they do, it's so funny to see they post anything. And like the third yeah. or, f- or fourth um, comment down there is Tifa DLC when? Please give us, give us Tifa DLC. Yeah. Come on, please. <laughs> I yeah. think they heard it by now. Because usually either they do it or they don't. Fan outrage yeah. probably won't mm-hmm. change much. But yeah, I'm not the one to judge. I'm usually more of a patient <laughs> gamer. Yeah, so the rumor was that we were apparently getting a PS5 definitive edition of the game coming out with Tifa DLC uh, because apparently there was a few scenarios with Tifa or chapters in the game that were cut uh, last minute. So this stuff has all been, you know, it's done. And then there was also a Twitter, um, there was, like you said, it, I think it was in the, I, I can't remember now, but something was translated from Japanese uh, that apparently this is what was happening. Um, obviously, this is just rumor and speculation. We don't know. So we're just, you know, we're just having a healthy conversation about this. Uh, I did see that uh, voice actors for Tifa and Jesse were actually in the studio. There was like a picture taken of them both together and then i think it was taken down actually after people's had started like writing in the comments mm-hmm. on twitter being like oh ha like recording for part two or tifa dlc question mark or something like mm-hmm. that and then i think they i think it's gone now i think so too yeah but anyway take it with a grain of salt it could have been them recording for part two it could have been anything we don't know and then people were like oh no jesse like oh clearly she's in part two now because we don't know what happens to her right um and uh, it could be that she's featured in flashbacks in part two. We don't Hopefully. know. <laughs> we don't know. But anyway, I do hope that we do get a definitive edition of this game. 
I think that is more than likely we will. I, I think that once they go back and, you know, they release this game on PC and Xbox um, and Xbox Series X or whatever, they might just release it like a PS5 definitive edition at the same time that it comes out for Series X and, and a potential PC version. We, I just don't know when the PC, we don't know when the PC version is going to come out. Um, usually they have come out in the past about a year or a year and a half later. Like, how long did it take for uh, 15 to come out for PC? I, was, I think it was a year and a half. I, I was just uh, trying to remember. I really don't remember when exactly it released. I'd have to look it up, mm-hmm. but uh, it, I think it was more than a year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we might see an Xbox One slash Series X release first, right? And then maybe maybe it, they, the, like, the uh, timed exclusivity um, expires. And then they release it for Xbox One, but then they also announce a definitive edition for Series X, and they do a PS5 definitive edition at the same time. Or maybe they want to milk that that cash cow probably yeah. for as long as possible, <laughs> right? On the Xbox One version, so they make the PS5 users wait until later. Maybe I'm not sure. I don't sure. think so. Anyways, I don't think so because it's a PS uh, PlayStation first game, and if they then. Yeah. Uh, release something for the Xbox crowd first and leave the PS5 users and PS4 users out to dry, I don't think this would fly well. Also, I just looked, I just looked it up. Um, November 29th, 20, uh, 2016 was the original release for Final Fantasy XV and March right. 6th, 2018. So almost one, a year and a half later. What is this? Yeah. No, not even that's a year and quarter. Year and yeah. three months or something, mm. was it later? So it could be that maybe next year by June, July or something, we get the definite definitive edition. Could be. Yep, it could be that we don't get that until the PC version comes out. Yeah, I think so. Right, yeah. like look at what they did with fifteen. They had like they had a Royal Edition. They had Windows Edition, didn't they? Yeah, I think it was the, this, this this wasn't it the same because the Royal Pack. Was an upgrade. Royal Edition was just the base game with the Royal Pack, and the Windows Edition is. Oh no, this was just with, uh, with the additional scenes and stuff. And the Windows. It... Yeah, that was for PC only, I think. No, no, uh, the Royal stuff is just the uh, extension, like the, the additional okay. scenes, uh, controlling the other characters from the DLC. I mean, with their mm-hmm. new, uh, slightly different battle system. But the Windows edition, I think, also had all the DLCs uh, okay. from the first season pass in it. So it, the Windows edition might have hap- have been happening later. I, but this quick search, uh, I don't want to search even more and, and um, yeah, no, it's all good. Up time, but in the end, I think when the exclusivity runs out, it might take maybe a few months until mm-hmm. there's a definitive edition for all platforms like PC. Xbox Series X and PS5. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I hope so. And this the additional Tifa chapter might be there, or they release this earlier separately. Mm-hmm. But I don't know which... May, maybe everything drops at the same time. Because if they have to go through QA 
for the DLC. Yeah. And then go through QA again for the whole package for all the other consoles. I think they probably want to mm -hmm. do everything in one go to save time. Because part two is still in development and they don't want to lose time there and keep schedule. Yeah. So it could be that the Tifa DLC isn't even real. Mm. Like we we don't know. For sure, right? yeah. But it's wishful thinking. I definitely <laughs> see them yeah. I definitely see them releasing a PS5 version with upgraded visuals. Oh for sure. Definitely. We just don't know. It's just a matter of time. But I would gladly rebuy this game for PS5. And I'm gonna buy it again on PC. Like let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope there's there's an upgrade for PS5 or something, but yeah. Probably have yeah, to rebuy the whole thing. I'm not going to be buying the... Uh, if they have like a super limited edition, I'm not going to be able to buy it because I bought the first class edition. Mm, I see, yeah. So yeah. I just... I have, to, I have to say no. So if I ever tell you that if they come out with this thing and like I really want it, just try to convince me. Just be like, you know what? Kai, just no. <laughs> just... Your wallet will thank yeah, you later. Definitely. <laughs> I'll try to <laughs> remind you. <laughs> Unless if there's a, a Tifa statue, statuette in there figurine, oh, God. I wouldn't oh be able God. to resist. No. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, Aerith or Red 13 or something, or the whole cast, I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I'm bad with those figures. I have all the figures for 15. <laughs> it's so bad. I, I should have just waited until this game came out and then bought all the figures for this game. I only had the cloud. Yeah like figure that came with the first class edition but obviously i have the sick uh hardy mm, hardy daytona yeah yeah hardy daytona which is which is incredible but i just i just can't i just can't do it like i i need to like save money i have a problem send oh, help sure. sos <laughs> sos please <laughs> no especially after buying a ps5 oh my oh, god yes. like i'm in canada guys canada honestly the prices it's insane mm -hmm. it's insane it's so that. much more expensive it's 630 dollars plus taxes what? for a ps5 Yes. Oh boy. For a PS5 with the disc drive, which is what I want because I, Same, I only yeah. have a few games that are digital and I want to be able to play my current PS4 library that I have on disc. So obviously I'm going to buy that version, but mm -hmm. it's $630 plus taxes. It's too much. And the games are $100 for PS5 oh, game. Come on. It was almost $100 for PS4 game. Anyway, sorry. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. I just, I'm going to be broke forever. Like, that's oh the reality. That's the reality. Yeah, it's harsh. Anyway, so moving on to our next topic, we are talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake at the Game Awards. And so unsurprisingly, Final Fantasy VII Remake was nominated for six Game Awards. Woo! Yeah, like how many times? <laughs> <laughs> six game awards it's crazy <laughs> yeah yeah so congratulations to everybody at square enix on the final fantasy 7 remake development team that's quite the feat and honestly i'm super proud of everybody you guys i mean they work so hard oh, yeah, they, they work so hard and they really tried really hard to give us you know this incredible experience and also hit those nostalgia notes and you know i i thought the game was incredible and um it brought up a lot of emotions for me and you know, I I love this game so much, and I did vote for it in every single one of these categories. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I might have thought that it might not win every category. Probably not. I still voted for it. Because if I didn't, who am I? Sure. Right? Like, who am I? Who am I? We have a Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, podcast, so I had to. I had for to. For sure. Mm -hmm. I would have, too, if I voted, because I 
haven't played many of the other games, so I mm-hmm. can't really judge them. But I, in the yeah. end, I didn't vote because I think you had to log in with your Facebook or Twitter account or something. And then I said, nah, if I can't, <laughs> can't create a completely new account, which yes. doesn't, doesn't tie into any other social media, then I'll do it. But no. Yeah. Just no. Yeah, I signed in as the podcast on the podcast account just to do it because I have an account like with Gmail, Google, whatever. Like, oh, I see. I you. just I logged in and did it, but um, I didn't do it on my personal account. I just did it on the uh, on the podcast account. So I might I could have yeah. done that too with the CCO account. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, so I just wanted to go through the list of um, the non nominated ca- um categories. Sorry, for the game, and then obviously. Um, we'll go through and then just give our opinions about yep. uh, about about the, which one we think might win. So, also the game was uh, I think it was nominated for um, Golden Joystick Award, but I right it was Golden Joystick, yeah, which Golden is from Joystick, Games yeah. Radar as well, but it didn't win. It was uh, The Last of Us Part Two. I think just swept all those categories. Yeah, I think it I've... literally won almost every single one. No surprise there. It's rigged the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't look look too much into that, but I know that um, Last of Us Part Two won, and then people were kind of comparing the Golden Joystick Awards to the Game Awards. So people are assuming that Last of Us Part Two are just going to win everything for uh, the Game Awards. But anyway, so let's start with Best Game Direction. So we've got Final Fantasy Seven Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half Life. And Last of Us Part Two. This is a hard one. I I I don't think Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to win this for best game direction. I think it's going to be Ghost of Tsushima or Last of Us Part Two. Possibly, yeah. The direction was pretty good, but some scenes, especially with uh, NPCs and the the less mm-hmm. important scenes, were basic at best. <laughs> Actually, yeah. the, the the real cutscenes, those were superb, definitely. Yes, but. The rest, mm, average, I'd say. So Ghost of Tsushima, I haven't played it. I, I watched my uh, my roommate play it a little bit. And it's really, really beautiful. Like, just walking around uh, yeah. and the scenes and the battles and stuff. It's really well made. So last fa- I haven't played it yet either, but I did look a lot. Like, I, looked, I researched about mm-hmm. it online and it's just incredible definitely and i think that it has a good chance of winning um and then hades is like hades was uh it's an indie game and it it sounds like it's an incredible game people love this game and i did look at the uh like i looked at the different scenes and stuff and cutscenes, and i was watching and the voice acting is really good um so who knows mm. you know it could be hades maybe I haven't played Half-Life because I don't have uh, VR. So oh, I see you right this was now. the Half-Life for VR. Apparently, it's incredible. I heard good things about this one too. Yeah, so the, the choice is pretty uh, difficult, I guess. Although I mm. I could see The Last of Us Part Two winning here because game direction itself is also very well made, especially uh, during yeah. gameplay as well, not just cutscenes. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, yeah, it would uh, have been a, a well earned or it would be well earned if they won see i agree with you for remake like the the battle system in remake is amazing and i think that's one of its strengths 
I think they did a really good mm. job. I think it can be improved. We talked about this before. Um, the cutscenes were incredible as well. But I think it's a strong contender, but I just don't think it's, it's going to win. Yeah, because the rest isn't up to par, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so moving on to the next category, we have Best Art Direction. So the nominees are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Ori, and The Will of the Wisps, and The Last of Us Part Two. So I had said Best Art Direction, honestly, Ghost of Tsushima. I also thought Hades might win because the art, like the art in this, in that game looks, it's insane. Like it's so good. It's so good. And it fits that time period of the game, like where it's set, Mm -hmm. like when it, cause it looks like it's hieroglyphics. It looks like that, like it looks like it's kind of like an alive. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. I haven't seen any footage uh, until now, so I can't say anything about this game. I probably should have watched at yeah. least a trailer or something because I've, I've literally Come on, no what idea doing? about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 such 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 a uh, kind of a boomer right now, but in, in terms of games, because <laughs> I barely play anything yeah. anymore. I have Same. don't have as much time it's all anymore. Good. It doesn't remake matter. and Trails of Cold Steel is the only thing I play right yeah. now. <laughs> so it's all good. Yeah. But just by looking at it, what do you think? Oh, uh, hang on. I, I really need to ch- just pull up a screenshot or something to even be able to yeah, say anything yeah. about it. Hey, Hades. To all the people that are going to like rage at us in our email yeah, and probably, social media, just, we're, we're really sorry. Yeah, super giant. Builder for Hades PS4. Okay. All right. I, I've seen the character. But that's about it. Oh, it's, it's like a bird's view isometric game i yeah. guess yep the colors are really interesting looks yeah looks pretty cool i see now okay yeah i, I need to watch a trailer later after this podcast looks really good yeah. definitely i just my my heart is telling me hades or ghost of tsushima Although I have to say, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, those uh, yes. scenes I saw and trailers, That's true. it's so beautiful. I'm it really is. Je- jealous that it's an, an Xbox only. Xbox yep. exclusive. Same. It's really beautiful. Yep, I agree. Although I must say, FO7 Remake is also very beautiful if it uh, the textures load correctly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So in the slums, the slums would look so so much better if if the high res- if there were higher resolution textures especially especially in sector five there's so much low res textures around if you're close up and even low low polygon elements and uh, objects it's just so weird the quality uh, shifts between extremely well and rather poor i'd say so it's really hard to say it will win because it's so inconsistent if let's say chapter one two the last two and i think a few in between were also very well made if they if if they held the the quality all over the game even in uh non-cut scenes like in uh conversations with npcs then i'd say yes uh, best art direction contender, but right now mm, it's 
not consistent enough, I'd say. The other games, I right. think, are consistent enough, but I can't really say anything, unless uh, we're talking about The Last of Us Part 2, which is pretty much consistent. I didn't see much, well, many areas that were, that, that looked poorly. Uh, so I think it was pretty, pretty much uh, all the way through high quality. So I'd say it's, it could also win, but my vote would go to Ori or Ghost of Tsushima in this one. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Best soundtrack, the nominees are Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and The Last of Us Part Two. I think that I, I, I want Remake to win. Yes, yeah, same. And I think that it will win Best Soundtrack. I really, really hope so. I can't say anything about Hades and Ori. Last of Us Part Two is more just fitting to the game, but it, yes. it doesn't grip me as much because in the remake, first, it's nostalgia. Second, is so mm -hmm. many bombastic and really uh, also yeah. emotional tracks are there. Different themes sometimes overlap in certain scenes. It's, it's just so well made and diverse. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, yep. Of course, we're biased, but I think it, <laughs> it, I think it should win. Doom, I heard, has also so a great too. soundtrack, especially one yeah. that pumps you up for the battles. Yes. Um, but yes, it's also difficult to say because I don't really know how the others sound, Hades and Ori. But yeah. yeah, soundtrack for me, FSM remake without any con uh, contender. It's just, uh, yeah, can't say anything else here. So, best narrative. So, the best narrative nominees are 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, The Last of Us Part Two. Honestly, I think it's going to be between Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima again. Possibly, but not for me. Not for me. For me, it's, it has really good qualities. The scenes are really good. But there are so many little flaws that kind of destroy certain, uh, certain scenes or even messages for me. I have a huge contention with, uh, with certain parts of the game in terms of narrative. Okay. And also how, how it's structured. Like, yeah. Uh... I don't know, but if the majority thinks it's superb, fine by me. I wouldn't vote, vote for The Last of Us Part Two. Hades, no idea. Ghost of Tsushima, I heard so many good things about it that there are so, yeah. so many uh, also smaller stories woven into the greater narrative. Mm -hmm. and that yeah. uh, Jin's story and backstory and backstory of other characters are so well made and fit so well into this mm -hmm. um, kind of half historical half uh, fantastical or uh, just yeah. made up uh, story history of Japan I think it's uh, it's a really good contender F7 remake mm -hmm. has a few parts which uh, the overall story is really good some parts of the story would have to see how the later parts uh, play exactly. out to actually judge uh, for example the ending Right now, it's mm -hmm. up in the air. And certain choices, like uh, the additional story in chapter, was it 11? In the graveyard? Mm -hmm. it was I, I liked it, but it was weirdly positioned. 
within uh, time of urgency, so to speak, and it's felt a bit weird. Chapter 14, please note, please, please, please remove the sewers. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Th there were, again, inconsistent. Overall, really great, perfect chapter one, really great chapter two. Chapter three was a, a nice downtime when you, you had time to just muck around and learn about the slums and the people mm -hmm. was really good. Chapter four was a, a good uh, change of pace as well, a new addition. We learned a bit more about Jesse. Then you had chapter five and six and seven for the uh, second bombing mission, which was kind of a bit uh, drawn out, but still really good because we learned yes. so much more about uh, Midgar exactly. and the lore and uh, how everything works. Eight was also well, well done with Aerith, so you have kind of spent more time with Aerith and the kids and learn about slums, etc. Chapter nine was phenomenal if you uh, eject the hands. <laughs> the robot hands right. was a bit too much. Yeah. And then, yeah, 10 and 11, a bit drawn out. 12 had its issues in terms of tone. 13, good and bad. 14, just uh, a, a slog and a drag. It had good moments, but ugh, 15, I know it was just there. And 16 until 18 was really great again. So it had, mm -hmm. let's say in the- Yeah, it had pacing yeah, issues Definitely though, pacing right? issues, like yeah. It had, yeah, where it's kind of like, okay, we've been doing this for a while now. I feel like it doesn't need to be as long mm. to get your point across. Yeah, exactly, but, exactly. You know, so I think that the flaws, um, are gonna are gonna weigh this down a little bit, mm -hmm. like to disadvantage it for sure, for in sure. this category. Yeah, and and also because yeah. it's just part one of the whole story, and exactly. many things for later parts are set up now. Mm -hmm. So this also will probably not yeah. uh, have it weighed in best narrative. Yeah, and also the addition of the whispers and whispers, yeah, like all of that stuff. That's you know, it was very. Um, Controversial, yeah. <laughs> I guess. To say the least, and yeah. And I don't... <laughs> In the end, I like it, but only because I've analyzed Same. it to death. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. So, I'm not sure. I don't think it's going to win Best Narrative. No, though. probably not. 13 Sentinels, no idea what that is. Can't say anything about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Maybe it is perfect story told perfectly. We don't know. Maybe yeah. it is. <laughs> So next category is best RPG. Mm. So Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact, Persona 5 Royal, Wasteland 3, Yakuza Like a Dragon. That's a hard one. Yeah. Because I don't really know much about Wasteland 3. Genshin Impact, I heard... Yeah, I looked it up. I looked it up. Wasteland 3. It's, um, it's kind of like a Psycon like uh top down like oh, i see yeah, yeah like a more strategic um, strategy RPG. game yeah i guess i i, I see mm -hmm. yeah so it's kind of like uh final fantasy tactics yeah. but it's like sci-fi mm -hmm. apocalyptic um it looks pretty cool looks pretty cool i'm not sure i haven't played it like like same thing as you but i did look it up and people seem to like it it's got a lot of good reviews so mm -hmm. Genshin Impact, I downloaded on my phone. I tried it. I don't think Genshin Impact is going to win. Probably not. Although I, I heard that it's actually pretty good. It's kind of like uh, Breath, uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, kind yeah. of, but with elements from mm -hmm. other games. And it's, it's 
works pretty well, but it's also still a mobile gacha game. So, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Yakuza, the new Yakuza, is really good as mm -hmm. well. It got good reviews. And, like, the Yakuza games are, like, they're pretty story-based. Yes. Um, but then they're also ridiculous where there's <laughs> things happening. It's like you'd never ever do that ever like experience that in any in any other game or in mm. your life do you know what it's i mean pretty just, wacky, it's pretty yeah. wacky like, <laughs> yeah which i applaud them for and it's like gta 5 as well kind of thing but even like more out there yeah so definitely like i haven't played this one it's got really good reviews online a lot of people got a lot of good things to say about it i think it's a good contender mm -hmm. oh for sure persona 5 royal I think that I, I don't think it's going to win. I think that it's a really good RPG, but essentially it's Persona 5 with um, like an expansion that's been bundled in with it. There's new characters and there's lore and things that are added. I looked it up online. Oh, I haven't I played Persona yeah, 5 yeah, Royal. Right, right. I have Persona 5. I didn't finish it, but I looked it up online and... Yeah, it's like Persona 5, but they've fixed things and they've added new characters that you discover and can use um, in your party, like when you're battling and there's more story, like background story mm -hmm. about those new characters and stuff. So it's actually just the expansion that's, that's here on, on, uh, as a contender, right? It's not a brand new game. Yeah. It's not a brand new game. People who love Persona 5 and listen to us are going to hate me, but <laughs> it's, it's not a brand yeah, new game. I see what you mean, line. yeah. It's... It's not like you still go through the same story beats from the beginning and then you get to a certain point and then you meet a new person that you can recruit on your team like that comes and helps you. And that, that person has lore and story behind them and you figure like you find things out about mm. them. But it's more like it's like a definitive edition of Persona yeah. 5. Right. And I'm actually surprised that it's included. Yeah, I was about to say on, that because if on this list, because it's not or like the definitive edition. I guess the same thing could be said about Final Fantasy VII Remake because it's a remake of an original game, but it's actually been remade. Not really. From... <laughs> I th I'd say it's... it's. But it's not an expansion. Like, it's not a DLC. Yeah, it's... Or it's not like a, a Final Fantasy VII, the original Final Fantasy VII game with extra content that's just been released. Yeah, it's a completely different story comp compared, compared to Persona 5 Royal. It's a completely new game. It has the same story, like, at a basis level. But the rest, it's a completely new game, has new, um, like, new gameplay, so to speak, or extremely updated gameplay. It has new scenes, it is voice acted, it is different direction, so to speak, it, has, it looks much different. So the, 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 the name, the word remake in the name can be ignored for this. But Persona 5 Royal is just the same game with some additions, as far as I can tell, if, uh, as far as you told yeah, me. Yeah, and the P uh, Persona That's 5, why it's weird. the original yeah. version, when did it come out? I think it came out like... 2016 as well? It came out a while ago. I think it was it like a half a year ago. before... Um... It came out for PS3. Yeah, it was... Ha uh, was it? Did it? I think... Oh, in Japan it I did. I'm think, pretty sure I it did in Japan. In Japan it was before, like a year a year earlier, 2015, 2016, for uh, the West. Because I think it, it released in the same year as uh, Final Fantasy XV. Because I do remember that there was a question which one will you buy, Persona 5 or Final Fantasy XV? 
because they were slated for the same year and nobody knew when exactly they would release. But Persona 5 Royal, uh, Persona 5 ended up releasing earlier, I think in the summer, and then um, FF15 was slated for the end of September, but then got delayed to the end of November. That's how I remember. Maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. But still, yeah, I, f I, f I find it weird that it's on, on this list, especially since I'm pretty sure it yeah. won awards uh, the year it came out. Yeah, I think it's controversial. Yeah. I guess like people could also argue the same thing about Final Fantasy VII Remake, right? Yeah. Because it's like, oh, well, not it's really. not a brand new story. And it's not the same game, though. No, it's, it's not a completely the same new game. game. And the original yeah. is also 23 years old, so <laughs> it's not comparable to Persona 5 Royal, which mm -hmm. it's just uh, four years later. But I don't know what the actual uh, uh, prerequisites are for being a contender. Maybe Persona 5 Royal fits or ticks yeah. all the boxes, then it's fine, but mm -hmm. I still find it a bit weird. I think that Final Fantasy VII Remake has a good chance of winning Best RPG. For this oh, year, for sure, because gameplay-wise, it was really good. I think that it does have a chance mm. of winning. I think it's a good contender. Yeah, I'm not sure what other RPGs were released this past year because well, I've only played this one and a few like other ones. But yeah, I just think that it has compared to these other nominees. I think that it has a good chance. Although I must say, I think there are a lot of people who really love Persona Five Royal and love its uh, mm -hmm. uh, systems yeah. and the game itself. So. Yeah, who knows? It could also it's win. It's a really good RPG. Yakuza, I heard so many good things about it as well. Yeah. The others I'm not too f too familiar with, so hard to mm -hmm. say. All right, so the next category is Best Performance. So we've got a Ashley Johnson as Ellie in The Last of Us Part 2. Do you want to say this name? Because I'm going to oh, just... Uh, Daisuke Tsuchi as Jin in Ghost of Tsushima. Thank you. <laughs> Always there to help. I really yeah, appreciate it. No worries. Uh, Laura Bailey as Abby in The Last of Us Part Two. We've got Logan Cunningham as Hades in Hades. And then it looks like Najee Jetter in, um, as Miles Morales in um, Spider-Man. Miles Morales. People were upset that none of the VAs from uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake were nominated for this category. And people are saying John Bentley. Um, oh, for sure. Voiced. Um, Barrett for sure. should have been included. Or maybe even uh, Britt Barron for Tifa. She also did a yes. really great job for Tifa. She did. Oh, Actually, all, all did a did great, job, a great but job, but I think for personally, Tifa and Barrett stood, up, uh, stood out the most, I think. I think yeah. so too. Yeah. Uh, and they've got two from The Last of Us. I think this here. should be illegal. Just uh, from <laughs> two, two from the same game. This is kind of cheating, I think. <laughs> But it's two, it's two separate people, right? For like sure, yeah. Two separate characters. So I guess it could be argued that... Yeah, maybe they just wanted to... Yeah, like their performances yeah. are so good yeah, that yeah. they have to like include them both, right? But this past year, I think that it's been insane. Like the releases that we've had, mm. you know, the games that have come out, Definitely, they've just yeah. been so good. And I think it was really hard to come up with... Uh, with nominees and maybe it could have been that you know john was like shortlisted or he was on there and then they were like oh, okay so they had to cut some of them out you know what i mean yeah. maybe he was right after this one 
But um, I haven't played Miles Morales because I don't have a PS5, so I can't mm. give my opinion on on that performance. Um, so it could be it could be Ashley Johnson mm. or Ghost of Tsushima in um, Daisuke. Daisuke Tsuji. Daisuke. Daisuke Tsuji. Yeah, it could be. It's who knows. Who knows? I think any of these uh, voice actors, honestly, it's a toss up. Yeah, I I don't know much about uh, the other three, but uh, in Last of Us Part Two, those two I've heard, of course, because I've I uh, played the mm-hmm. game. And yeah. for me, Laura Bailey does practically in everything. She is a really, really good job. She's really talented, and she uh, at 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 first because I didn't remember that. It's actually she plays Abby, or speaks. Uh, right. Uh, uh, speaks Abby. I didn't hear it. It 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 wasn't as. Um, how should I phrase this? It it it, it wasn't. Her voice wasn't really uh, audible at first because it she she just changed her voice this little bit that it fit the character and it blended so well mm. together that I didn't hear it at first. Okay, but then I remembered. Oh yeah, right. It is Laura Bailey, and now I hear it. But I had to to listen really hard. That's what I applaud uh, some voice actors for mm-hmm. when they can change right. their natural voice this much that they are always mm-hmm. able to give this special note to each character, and those characters don't sound alike. Troy Baker is also is, right. uh, this uh, phenomenal voice actor who can pull this off very nicely. Yeah. I also think Austin Lee Matthews did an amazing job with Roche in the remake as well. Oh, for sure, and yeah. He's one of those VAs as well where he can change his voice and it's like you just look at him and you're like, that's yeah. <laughs> that's who that voice is coming out of. Like you just it's, it's weird, insane. Yeah. It's insane. Like I've watched his demo reel, mm. sorry, and I've watched um his latest um VA like anime that's on YouTube and I've listened to it and it's just it's insane. Like he's so flexible as a mm. as a VA, and I thought he did a really good job as well. But he's not on here, so um, I'm gonna go with Ashley Johnson or Daisuke. 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 Yeah. I'm I'm literally just murdering. That's, names. Like, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, but you're yeah. not the only one. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> And then the last one is Game of the Year. We've got Final Fantasy VII Remake, Doom Eternal, Last of Us Part Two, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Ghost of Tsushima, and Hades. Hmm. I don't think Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to win. I want it to win. Same. I don't think it is. It's either Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima, or Hades. It could be that I'm wrong and it's Animal Crossing, New Horizons. I just, I don't think it's going to be Animal Crossing. For some reason, I just feel like, but Doom Eternal was so good too. Yeah. It's just, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's a hard choice. Yeah, definitely. If we're looking at all of these categories, best game direction, best art direction, um, you know, best narrative, best RPG, best, like some of these didn't have, like Last of Us Part Two was nominated for a lot mm-hmm. in most of these categories. And it could be, people are expecting Last of Us Part Two to win almost all of these, just like it swept. Yeah, at the uh, Golden yeah. Joystick Awards, I think it could be a toss-up between that and Ghost of Tsushima. I don't think Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to win. Probably not. Yeah. I think it's going to win Best Soundtrack. I think that's the 
the, the highest, like the most strongest mm -hmm. chances, like the highest chances for it to win is best soundtrack. And second, I think best RPG. Mm -hmm. I'm with you on that, yeah. Yeah, and I just don't think it's going to win game of the year. So anyway, I'm, I, what do you think? I personally am really hoping for a Ghost of Tsushima because it's, it deserves it looks really good it's uh it's a new ip it's a breath of fresh air mm -hmm. it's brought a, yeah. new, a lot of new things to the table especially in terms of um that's true uh open world like with the direction system you it's it, it, it isn't uh, uh like an arrow or like a beacon you see somewhere or something like that it's it's just the wind that uh guides you it's so well done and so many little things that i've uh, i've seen about this game and the multiplayer was even free and really good uh, customer or developer yeah, customer relationship. And I think it's, it, in my opinion, it should win. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Like you said, it's a new IP. The art direction is incredible. The game direction as well. And like the story Stories, is something the new and it's going into the history of Japan yeah. and we're learning, you know, but obviously it does dabble in, you know, like fiction mm -hmm. and also uh, like fantasy elements as well. Mm -hmm. Like some Japanese mythologies in there a little bit. Yes. Yeah, I think it has a solid chance of winning. And also I think, I think that The Last of Us Part Two was very divisive. That as well. Like it kind of split the uh, people's opinions about it. It's they're very uh, mm. split. I'm, that probably doesn't matter. No, <laughs> in, I'd say this, this doesn't right? really like, matter at all. But what I say, it's it's kind of just more of the same. It's just the Last of Us, the first game, but more beautiful, longer, uh, expanded uh, combat and gameplay elements. Just different story, but yeah. it's not really something unique and new. It did a lot well for sure. And tech-wise, it's, uh, I'd say, top-notch. But like this, it, 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 for me, it's missing this, this certain something which uh, Ghost of Tsushima has, as far as I can tell from mm -hmm. those few hours I see, I saw, and yeah. heard about about it. It has so, so, so many unique things that, for me, it's just uh, pretty clear. That comes from a Final Fantasy VII remake enthusiast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it it's, it was just as I said before, too inconsistent to actually be game of the year or have best game direction and stuff. That's yeah, it's it's sad to say, but um, I I have to try and stay objective about this. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Animal Crossing, it's just extremely popular, as I've heard. But it doesn't speak to me at all. <laughs> right. Doom Eternal, I'm no FPS guy, can't say much about it, but I've heard that it's really, really solid game design. It's a superb gameplay loop. It's rewarding. It is, uh, it, it's buttery smooth, I think. It, it is 60 FPS, mm -hmm. I think, even on uh, PS4, 5, uh, 4 and Pro. I'm not quite sure. But it's pretty smooth and. It's more Doom. It works. Great gameplay design stuff. So I wouldn't be mad if Doom Eternal would win. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wins. 
Yeah, we had a big year this past year. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Like all the games that came out that are just so good. I am kind of surprised that Resident Evil 3 isn't anywhere on there. I just realized. <laughs> mm -hmm. But maybe it was just a tad too... Maybe. Or not, not up to par with the rest. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah, I wonder if it's like it, you. The game has to win a certain amount of these categories in order to be, like, in order to win game of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah, or even in uh, is is it even in any of the categories? Is it e no? I Resident haven't seen Evil it 3 is anywhere. Not, no. I think no. That's what that's what uh, what kind of baffles me a little bit actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There wasn't a horror uh, best horror game category, so that's probably why. <laughs> yeah, I picked out the ones that had um, Final Fantasy VII remake mm -hmm. in them because some of them didn't. Yeah, definitely. So, like, best performance didn't. I chose this one because I just wanted to talk about. Um, oh, for sure. How yeah. John wasn't chosen, but there are other categories as well, like also multiplayer esports family game and all yes, those other things exactly yeah. family game there's another one too vr or something VR, it was like phasmophobia yeah. or whatever was esports probably going to win that one uh, yeah, best community uh, whatever this wasn't really pertinent to our podcast so yeah. i'm i'm glad you ch only chose uh, those uh more important yeah. ones like i'm a dota 2 fan dota 2 didn't even wasn't even on there mm. for anything Right, I know that Shiva was on there. She's a popular like caster or whatever, and she was nominated, and I voted for her. I hope she's amazing. But like, it was League of Legends was in a lot of those categories, but uh -huh. Dota wasn't anybody hmm. to be seen. And I thought that that like they deserve to be there, but they're not. So, anyways. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So the last thing we're talking about is will Final Fantasy 16 release in 2021? Apparently, there was an article that was published in official PlayStation magazine that had said that it was releasing in 2021. Apparently, it's a misprint. We'll never know. But that's the reasoning was, I guess, they had, you know, made a mistake in, in print uh, about that. They retracted that statement and saying that they don't know when it's going to come out. I looked online and it looked like Square Enix is having a hiring fair November 28th for multiple positions that was yesterday multiple positions for the uh final fantasy 16 development team including enemy designer level designer ui designer environmental artist visual effects artist technical artist technical animator narrative designer animator and cinematic artists so it looks like that uh, a lot of these are just really putting the extra details and polish and truly bringing the game to life narrative designer and level designer are pretty interesting uh, to see them fully flesh this out more. That doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know what that sentence is trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was really tired when I Probably, wrote Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, argue, the, the argument online that I read was that it's closer to being released than we thought because For sure. at this stage when they're hiring this, it's just about putting the finishing touches and like the scenarios are all done and like yeah for sure i you know it's it just might, finishing it up it might even be playable from start to finish but unpolished unpol and without many optional stuff like just the main story mm -hmm. and it might work in general maybe they even have to insert certain bosses yet but the story itself is 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 done and the areas are all done like rough mm -hmm. roughly or maybe maybe even more than yeah. roughly so enemy design, it could just be uh, 
design the rough enemies better or add a few more yeah. bosses or add optional uh, bosses or the, the, the less important enemies, work them out a little bit better. Right. Level design is the same. You can always uh, always design a level like uh, as a draft and it might work, but the level designer then just goes in and makes it better, change stuff around a bit. No, we should mm -hmm. uh, place this one here. We should just this, uh, switch around because of play progression, what have you, or it's, it's, it's not really clear where to go. So we have to put um, like a point of interest there. You see that you see, oh, okay, it's, it's this one because I think we'll have more expansive zones. So it's really important mm -hmm. that, you, that each area or each part of the area is kind of unique. And do you always know according to landmarks where you are, where you have to go, which is really important. Because otherwise, players would just get lost, and a level designer could mm -hmm. even late stage be there to like fine tune everything. UI designer as well. Yeah. UI is constantly reworked. We've seen this for the remake, with with uh, the first trailer and then the screenshots and then the later trailers. There was a, a pretty pretty big ex uh, evolution between the UIs. And since in this first trailer we haven't seen any UI at all, even in the, in the battle yeah. scenes, so it's, the UI is probably just prelim preliminary for now. So a UI designer can also just uh, go in late and fix everything and make it smooth and understandable for the audience or for the player. Environmental artist, the same, just to, to um, smooth out the rough edges. Like... The environments are kind of done, but maybe in a rough state. We have seen in trailer; exactly. it's pretty rough in certain places, and could use an environmental artist. VFX yeah. also the video effects. You don't need to do the, 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 the flashy effects from the beginning. You can uh, insert a few ones that kind of look cool, but are not final at all. Technical artist and technical animator, I'm not quite sure what they do. Probably more on the engine side, like animator. That's like the, the animation engine, probably. Not the ones that actually yeah. animate. Um, yeah. Can't really say much to those. Narrative designer. To smooth out narrative, optional quests, certain... Uh, maybe even even uh, banter or flesh out lore and insert it into optional exactly. um, dialogues and stuff. Mm -hmm. Animator. It could be like tying it back into the story, like connecting it. Yeah, exactly, it. exactly. You know to flesh I mean? out to everything and connect lore. everything, yeah. Mm -hmm. Animator, you can always use better animations for anything. <laughs> so it's, yeah, you can always use an general. animator until, up, until the end, so to yeah. speak. Cinematic artist as well. Like a certain cutscenes might be a bit rough, and cinematic yeah, artists can make exactly. sure that it's actually cinematic and looks better. Mm -hmm. So I can't find anything that needs that is needed, or that actually suggests that they're like three years out. So for me, it seems yeah, they they just need need like maybe a year or a bit longer more mm -hmm. to finish up everything. Get it to the gold gold status, and then maybe one two months later the release, which is why I think it's possible to uh, get this game out before 
April 20, uh, 2022, mm-hmm. which would still go within the financial year. I'm not sure it's 21 or 22, like between April 21, 2021 and March 2022 in this financial year. Square Enix always cuts the financial year between March and April. Yes. So I can see Q1 of 2022 as the release date. That's pretty realistic, I'd mm-hmm. say. Yeah, I hope so. I'm really looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be amazing to have a PS5. and Definitely. Like, know that there's a Final Fantasy, a mainline mm-hmm. Final Fantasy, a new one that's coming yeah. out, and also not um, some, not one that treads old footsteps. It seems to exactly. be pretty. How should how, how should I say this? Um, not quite unique, but it's still this fantasy. It's kind of has this medieval touch with all the realms yep. and the houses and the kingdoms and stuff and uh, sword combat and the summoning of course it fits pretty well together like magic and knights and it's the first main line that shows actual violence which is also pretty interesting this means yeah. that, that they don't have to pull any punches they can depict this world as they want it to be as rough and hellish it may be which probably mm-hmm. is necessary for the story to work. I I think so. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I've, I'm really looking forward to this. When I first watched the trailer, I wasn't quite sure what to think about it. Because at first I thought, oh, okay, just another expansion of Final Fantasy XIV. And then I thought, hmm, maybe, wait, this is a bit too much for an expansion. What is this? And then it's, at the end, just Final Fantasy XVI, it was just uh, kind of dumbstruck, if you if this is a word, yeah. <laughs> and just had to kind of adjust to this actual being the next mainline because it didn't really look next gen, and we only saw like one guy battle monsters as if it's kind of a Devil May Cry battle system or something like yeah. that, and I felt, felt weird. But after analyzing everything, I think this is really on a good track. This game, it could be. I think so too. Like. The first mainline Final Fantasy that can contend with, uh, or it, it can be a good contender to the golden days. Yeah. Like a mature really Final, Fantasy so. four, uh, Final Fantasy Nine or even Four. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just a mature I version. I hope that it goes there. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I hope it goes there. And I, I think it has potential to actually be really successful yes um with like you said the mature Mm. um like rating and having blood and uh just more violence but it's more mature Mm. like it's more of a mature final fantasy um and i you know i think it has potential to even get really dark yeah for sure you know and explore that Mm. and i really hope they do and just by like reading the information that is on the official website it sounds like they've really fleshed out the different um kingdoms mm-hmm. and the people who live in the kingdoms yeah. and huge citizens lore. and like it sounds so cool and also to revisit that medieval time mm-hmm. which like i haven't really played a game that had like i'm trying to think of a game recently that i played that had like a medieval setting um the last one was witcher 3 i think that i played that had that yeah I, kind of i think it's th- this is even further back in the past like yeah. comparatively, yeah, yeah. But I just mean like with castles, yeah, sure, and, for sure. You know, yeah. ride horseback riding yeah. and 
sword combat mm. and that sort of thing. I think it was Witcher 3, the last one that I played that mm. had that. Um, I mean, I played Bloodborne, which is, it's more of like a fictional. Uh, Victorian London Yeah, Victorian. Stuff, yeah, like gothic. Yeah, gothic. Gothic um, setting. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be awesome. And like I said, looking forward to having a Final Fantasy, mainline Final mm. Fantasy that's releasing for the PS5. And also hopefully getting remake part one as a PS5 release in 2020 in 2021 um, after the exclusivity expires. So I'm going to have, you know, remake part one in, on my PS5, mm. play that for like a year <laughs> and then we get, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. But it's just like, and, and then after 16 comes out, we'll probably, that'll be out and then we'll get more information about part two. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like more Final Fantasy content on a more regular basis. Yes, for sure. And just having to wait yeah. with absolutely nothing. Right? Like, look at the amount of time that it was between like 15 and Remake. We had, where we had like nothing. We just didn't. And then before 15 came out, we had, we had nothing. Just 14. We had 14. Yeah. We had 14. Nothing we else. <laughs> nothing. Almost a full console generation without anything. Like, yeah, it was, yeah. Well, it was rough. But I think wow. Square Enix is, sort, is slowly going back yeah. to, uh, a, to better mm -hmm. times. Let's see. Although in, Fingers crossed. In yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. And in terms of Final Fantasy 16, I think there are two major things that it needs to incorporate. First, which many people say, Party combat, it can't be just a one-person battle. Even if the party, the party members are AI and you can kind of customize them a little bit, wouldn't be too mad. It would be a kind of Final Fantasy XV all over again, but if it yeah. works for the story, okay, fine. But still, I'd like to have actual party and being able to switch between, like in, like in the remake, worked really yeah. well. Yeah. And the second one, it needs humor. The occasional humor, that, like this comic relief. If it's dark after dark after dark, and then more dark, and then hellish, and then abyssal, like in terms of, of tone and story, yeah. then it will be, it just, just be depressing after a while. So it, it needs mm -hmm. this uh, like upbeat moments uh, in between. Even yeah. if it's just uh, like some, some kind of situational uh, humor, or just one character that is really well made and lightens up the mood. I just hope it's something that doesn't like kill the rest of of, of the, the tone. It's, it's, yeah. It doesn't feel like uh, like a dagger that's thrust through the usual dark um, atmosphere, but integrates well into it. Even that maybe the uh, the characters sometimes in lore or in, in story need something to cheer them up to uh, kind of continue. You know what I mean? It's, it's not yeah, just... It breaks up the... Yeah. It breaks up the... Um, like the uh, dark kind of negative. Exactly. Like more serious tone, yeah. right? It just makes it more... Bearable? Uh, <laughs> digestible. That, that too, yeah. yeah digestible like, is the better word, I think, yeah. yeah. But not like just bearable. for... Exactly. But not just for us but also for the characters within the story. Because if the characters go from dark, uh, exactly. or from tragedy to tragedy to, to tragedy, it would also kind of feel weird, even if there is humor in between. If the characters aren't really affected from the, by this humor, it mm, might not feel as good as it would 
uh, otherwise. So that's that's kind of where I'm yeah. standing in my thinking, my train of thought. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm really excited, and I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it whether it's bad or not. I'm going to pre-order <laughs> like, it. Let's be honest. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Final Fantasy is probably the only series I'll just pre-order because I know I get, get my Same. money's worth. Even if it's not the best yeah. game, it will be good to at least play through once. And yeah, 100%. I agree. Yeah, and I want to support Square Enix, and yeah. I just want them to continue making yeah. Final Fantasy games, you yeah. know? And I just want to show that exactly. support. And I'm going to probably buy it on multiple platforms. It just <laughs> depends on on how good it is like i bought i bought um 15 for ps4 i didn't buy it again mm. i didn't buy it on pc um and i i had xbox game pass because i signed up because they had a free trial mm. and i played it on on my pc because they do have it as part of that so i downloaded it oh, and i, I see, tried yeah. it i did enjoy the graphics and everything on my pc but then i canceled my my game pass subscription oh, so bummer, i haven't yeah. went back to it since then but i don't have time man i'm just yeah same you know, <laughs> trying to make it through and i still didn't finish my hard playthrough yeah same on, i uh, remake but i was waiting to do that when i until i got my ps5 so come on sony yeah i got stuck in chapter 13 and then i needed to play something else to kind of switch things up and now i'm still yeah. hanging on trails of cold steel oh, and it's so good and i just want don't want to stop and yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. oh well yeah you know what would be so cool honestly i just had this idea if they made like a tower defense game like dota but it was final fantasy characters that would be so cool like a top-down isometric like mm. you choose your character that character has ultimates and abilities oh, why and not you yeah. items but they're items from final fantasy that yeah just you could buy but it's really complex mm -hmm. so you're rewarded for like learning the system like league of legends but harder mm -hmm. but with final fantasy characters what okay <laughs> square enix if you're listening come on anyway yeah sure spin-off so that concludes our episode for today. If you guys have any questions for us at all or any upcoming topics that you want to suggest that we cover on our next episodes, you can write us. Our email is thereunionpodcast at gmail.com. Thereunionpodcast at gmail.com. Why don't you stop what you're doing and go and join our Discord server? We have an amazing podcast community. So all you have to do is click the Discord server link in every description of every episode and you will be joined to our podcast Discord. We also have a Twitter account. It's at Reunion underscore podcast. Our Facebook is Reunion Podcast. Our YouTube channel is The Reunion Podcast. And we post all of our episodes there. And do you want to drop your socials, Viz, for Cosmo Canyon Observatory? For sure. So it's Cosmo Canyon Observatory on YouTube. It's easy to find. Then we have a Twitter account where we post a lot of things, usually just more analysis and uh, little things we find and fun facts and stuff which is at cc underscore observatory, cc underscore observatory. And we also have a Discord, of course. The link of this is on our Twitter bio and in every YouTube video. Or just, I hope you can just search for Cosmo Canyon Observatory and find it there. I'm not sure if it works, maybe. But it's, it's just easiest to go to our Twitter or a YouTube account uh, also, on the YouTube page itself, uh, I put some links in the banner. Discord is there as well, so it's easy to, pretty easy to join. And it's a super welcoming community. We talk about everything, Final Fantasy and other games. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Well, Viz, thank you so much for uh, sitting down and talking with me for the podcast today. It's been awesome. So, until next time. Yeah, bye-bye, everyone. Have a good day. Mm -hmm.